0: What's up, people? Will Clark here. Hope you are all doing good. It is time for another episode of the Will Clark podcast. This week's uh, guest is the one and only Shadowchild. I uh, don't really need to give this guy much intro. He is clearly one of the most prolific producers for years and years, gone through many different aliases um and is now in the process of changing his sound up a little bit with the shadow child sound also has an alias currently called polymod who he's releasing some really nice undergroundy kind of acidy vibe records in the podcast we spoke lots about current situation of how the world is um with the music industry spoke about his new mentoring system or mentoring school We're not really too sure he, he he goes into a lot more details um on the podcast uh and yeah just a general good chat and catch up so without further ado shadow child Char. so we are recording shadow child Char. how's it going mate
1: easy yeah i'm good man how are you i'm good
0: dude i'm good how's uh the last four months three months been for you
1: Um, well, I'm one of these people that works from home anyway. And, um, I kind of, there's times where I felt like just normal. Yeah. (laughs) Cause like, I'm in here and this is in my house and, uh, I could just get on with writing music, which is my first love, even about, I love DJing dearly, but, um, you know, making music is, is number one, always has been for me. And, uh, yeah. So it's, you know, that part of it's been, um, I don't know, a bit of a pleasure really, strangely, um, but there are other times where I've been a bit perplexed about obviously the industry and where we'll end up in the next few weeks or months or <laughs> yes. however long uh, yeah. um, and how that's going to be for everybody, let alone my, myself, you know, a lot of industry friends too that have got different types of businesses as well. It's not just about DJs and producers. Um, yeah. And it's a concern for friends too, you know, but maybe we'll get on to that in a bit. But yeah, I've been all right, man. And um, a little bit, a little bit of cooking here and there, not quite as good
0: as yourself. I, I always <laughs> notice you and
1: particularly people like Ben Pierce, very jealous. Of, yeah, Ben,
0: um, Ben's a great cook, isn't he?
1: Yeah, he's never cooked for me though. I'm, no, I'm me neither. Waiting. I'm waiting. We need to do this one night. I'll make you you guys beans on toast and you you two can uh, get the culinary treats you
0: rolling. Need to, you need to do some like bougie beans on toast though. You need to like... Jazz it oh, okay. up a little bit. Get a bit of Worcestershire sauce and some cheese in there, and then you'll be laughing, mate.
1: Oh, mate, yeah, no, is that what it's called? Is it okay? Right, I already do a little bit of that sometimes, yeah. anyway. Not for my, not for my daughter. I was going to say actually because I've got a, well, she's she's five in November, but um, my daughter is obviously no longer been at nursery since uh, where are we? End of Feb. Yeah, beginning of March, and uh, it's amazing to have her around every day. I love it, but um, it, it's been challenging as much as I've got this luxury in my house to come in this room and, and write music. It's uh, you know, I've got a little person that's that's in and out, and um, and uh, you know, my attention's kind of, you know, that that momentum you need with music sometimes is a little bit been a little bit sort of distracted. It's actually whatever.
0: it's actually something that I've said. Like, obviously, I don't. I don't have kids myself and my, my brother doesn't. My brother and sister has kids. But um, mm. it's like there's never been a time where families can kind of be together for this long. And it's kind of a blessing or a curse depending on how close you are to your families. But I think it's, mm. I think a lot of people have like actually really enjoyed being able to just like spend time with their kids and just be like together. And yeah. Just, you don't, we, we well, would never ever have this opportunity.
1: Yeah, exactly. It's it's kind of not built in these days to be like this. I mean, when, when I was a kid, I was kind of brought up to have family mealtime around the table yeah, and do that whole same. thing. And it was lovely. But um, as time goes on, life goes on, especially in this industry we're in, you end up, you don't worry that sometimes you don't know where you're going to be for a meal time, especially yeah. on the weekend. Um, uh, so, yeah, it is those simple things, actually, that I think we all kind of sort of need and sh- and, and sort of, maybe subconsciously strive for eventually in our lives to have that and it's we've been forced to have it um which is which has kind of been nice and what we also live like my in-laws live next door with us here oh that's perfect uh, on on the property next door and um so we've been seeing them still you know my little ones been able to go backwards and forwards yeah um, it's been nice that we've had that dynamic and we're lucky to have quite a big garden and all those kind of things so you know there's a lot of people being seriously cooped up throughout this and yeah thoughts with them because that's not easy especially if they've got kids as well you know
0: yeah totally i've i can't complain i've had the luckiest lockdown of my life to be fair it's like where i live i live my parents are exactly the same as you they're they're next door um yeah, and I live in the middle of nowhere, so I can go and go on walks and exercise and do all of that, and it's it's pretty easy for me. But
1: I wouldn't go as far
0: as exercise personally. <laughs> I just came back from the uh, the prison gym, I call it. My parents have stables across the road, <laughs> so I've uh, set up a gym in one of the old stables, found some old weights, and okay. it's literally just like a prison gym.
1: It's a bit like Rocky Four. Yeah, literally, without the snow. Yeah. yeah.
0: so man what's uh it's it's been we we obviously had a conversation for like an hour on the phone the other night and we probably should have recorded that because we went we've kind of like gone ever gone over over everything but I guess the one thing that kind of for me is the thing that stands out the most for for where you're at in your career now is like just kind of the, the evolution of sound um yeah from obviously what shadow child is no was known for and what shadow child is moving into now like what was kind of first of all for people that haven't heard what you're kind of moving yeah. into now what what how would you kind of describe it
1: well if we rewind to 2012 where shadow child became a thing and it wasn't ever really meant to be a thing i just stopped my old project dave spoon yeah because i didn't enjoy the music anymore and i ended up making house music while well, i was looking around at what is the opposite of the world that dave spoon is in yeah which was the becoming the edm thing, the big explosion in the states at that time and the swedish house mafia and you know i'd be on tour with those boys all the time and and get her and all those types just before we had that just true edm everywhere <laughs> yeah yeah oh, no. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, just before we had that. So for me, I was looking for the complete opposite to that, and it was it was sweaty, questionable basements in East mm-hmm. London, literally, yeah. uh, with two hundred people in. What were they? What was going on there? And it happened to be exactly what my roots were, which was which was the the vibe of 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 jungle, drum and bass, early yeah. jungle, early drum and bass fused with house now this had been done before you got i um van helden in the 90s famously kind of fusing yeah. the kind of new york house thing with, with with jungle which was like pretty mind-bending at the time but um yeah so it was the perfect thing for me uh so it was just like it all made sense so i ended up making that early shadow child sort of sound which was kind of bumpty new york house you bit of uk garage here and there and, yeah. and jungle the vibe of jungle thrown in um, you know, but I find myself not being able to sit still for very long musically on on one thing. Um, and I have a lot of respect for people out there, a lot of artists that are extremely successful, much more successful than than, than myself even, and uh, that stick to one sound. It's almost like a similar record every time. Oh, I, I struggle with that, that. man. I, I love that.
0: I struggle yeah, with that as I well. Just,
1: it's not that even like I sit here and roll my eyes at it. It's just not where I'm at. That's all, and I, 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 I wouldn't be comfortable eight years later still doing that personally. No, um, that's all. And um, you know, fair, fair play to those that that, that are doing that because the music is good and it's successful. But for me, and this is where to answer your question, where I am now, I always have to kind of search. One for one thing for me is it has to have a little bit of that throwback vibe. I'm I'm not very future with what I do. Yeah. Um. If you know what I mean, and it, it has to have that familiarity in it, and I think that's what's connected with people over the years.
0: Going with, but going back music. to that throwback kind of vibe, though. Do you? It's it's super strange, and I don't know if it actually necessarily happens in many other genres of music. I think maybe it does. Mm. Um. Mm. But I think especially in house, and especially House techno at this moment in time, it's very throwback. What do you think that is?
1: Yeah, it's just a familiarity thing, it's a comfort thing. I think, even for the the, the biggest, coolest techno DJ, so you know, the last three years we've all been playing even a bit of old trance. Do you yeah. know what I mean? And it's just like records you go, Wow, they played a trance record or like whatever. I mean, it's not that gra- uh, groundbreaking a thing. Do you no. know what I mean? But I think everyone's got their entry point into this music and I think that sometimes that rears its head in 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 a sound even the real coolest of sounds um and that's kind of where I'm at as well is is uh, this kind of mid-90s early to mid-90s pre-trance if, if there can be such a thing as proto-trance that's kind of where yeah. I'm at and trance has been a bit of a swear word a bit like <laughs> saying dubstep to a lot of people <laughs> um but it is it is what it is and, and there's a lot of music early to mid-90s from labels like r s heart house yeah even british labels like huge tunes hard hands which is Leftfield's label gorilla like immense labels that made that early trance sound that progressive sound that people like sasha and digweed played as well um you know it, 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 when when you say trance it doesn't mean ferry Corsten and tiesto respectfully it just doesn't mean that and it's it there's a whole other world and yeah. a whole another world where that sound came from that i'd never really dipped into because i was such a a, a junglist as a kid 93 94 that yeah. i knew that about those labels i just mentioned but i it wasn't a thing for me so it kind of passed me by that sound until sort of mid to late 90s um but I found myself, you know, fortunate enough to have a room full of kit that makes all those same noises that those early trials records make. Yeah. And I don't even mean some of this analog gear. I mean, just here, I've got these old sort of early 90s rack um, modules. And a lot of those, a lot of the sounds that are in those were the sounds that that really made those, those records not even analog gear, you know. Um And it was born it was born out of me messing around with those this yeah. this apollo project as i've called it um where across a month i made about eight tunes that all stick together in one pop yeah uh they're very melodic it's melodic house and and techno to me uh, you know people can call it whatever they want as long as it as long as people hear it and enjoy it i don't care what they want to call it yeah um so that's where i'm at currently and it, and it doesn't really quite fit the shadow child thing as in um, that kind of, you know, bumpty bassline kind of garagey house or whatever I did yeah. eight years ago. But it fits as in the throwback thing and and, and hopefully the production too. You know, I'm always trying to, trying to keep the production pretty tight and, yeah. and, and keep a bit of character in each record. I think that's the main thing. I think as long as you can keep your your character in. It's a bit like Eats. Seats is very good at it. Um, it keeps the character through from that early house stuff through to a techno record, I could tell if if, if
0: Dan's made it, you know what I mean? It's yeah, like, yeah, definitely.
1: It's about that character, you know. I and think, I hope that's what people buy into, you know.
0: Yeah, I think also it's, as produ- as a producer, you have your ways, how you write music. It's For me, it's exactly the same. It's like, you and I could be given exactly the same tools and it's going to sound like a completely different record just purely because yeah. of how how we write and things like that and I think that's the one thing that you, that you have as as an artist is that you have your you have a sound and I think mm-hmm. by kind of evolving I think I think for evolution for sound for me has been a huge thing um but yeah I, th- I think it's just about doing it the right way so that you're not kind of alienating everyone around you and it's kind of done gradually and I I think but first of all you have to do that like you have to Dip your toe in the water and be like, okay, this is what I'm doing now, and then it's yeah. For me, it's like okay, if I wrote a banging techno record and released that, and then put out a airy dairy club track, like a lounge Mm. house record, that's just gonna completely throw people off. But if you just keep, if you kind of keep going down that same route, almost like what you did with Shadow Child to a certain extent, Mm. um, I think. What what was your first Shadow child? Was it was it string thing? Yeah, yeah. So like from the day one of a string thing, you always had that vibe from. Yeah, it's like a sound pack. Yeah, I
1: guess so. I guess so. And I can say that with your music too. You know, yeah. even your earliest stuff through to, you know, um, through to what you're doing now, it's there's still there's still something there that ties it all together. And I think that's what kind of what can get lost with some people if they like genre hopping as i call it because i'm i'm you know i'm someone it's always if I, I write what i feel and yeah. sometimes it's a good problem to have sometimes it's not a good problem to have it sometimes it's like oh god i need to start a new name which is where polymod came from as well yeah. um and you know and mask obviously i'm working with mark archer who's his who's mate yeah. as well and and uh you know that's one of my heroes too, and you know, again, musically somewhere else, but music that I loved. Do you know what I mean? And, yeah, and yeah. it's just, I just do what I feel, and I think it's very easy to sit in a room, whether it's just you on your laptop. It doesn't matter if you've got a room for the kit or not. It's just to have a little bit of a, a little bit of freedom. And I think if you put the 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 blinkers on too much, you're going to drive yourself into a corner. Oh, yeah. And Even if you have a bit of success, because even people that have success still find themselves very blinkers with what they're doing and i you you know i grew i I grew up playing my mum dad's records you know and and making tapes for them when i was a little kid and uh and i I, it would be like everything from like my dad's like rolling stones through to like my mum like new order and uh duran duran even and and like uh tears for fears and and then back to my dad's and like rock and roll records and then even like some electronic stuff like he showed me Jean-Michel Jarre Jean as a kid and I was like oh my god what is this <laughs> it was just like he said oh listen to this music it pans between speakers and this is my dad who's a guitarist and like a, oops and like uh big into the stones and zz top sorry mate but that's 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 true not yeah a, <laughs> not a beard pun um dude I get that yeah, every time seri- <laughs> <laughs> but yeah um you know but even that you know I think you've got to be into different things and have different um yeah different vibes going on and you need to bring that into music i think you know just being a raver and going out and and thinking oh, i'm going to be a dj and producer now i think that's great if you can do that if you if you've got the skills or can get the skills but i think your your musical palette's got to be pretty broad you know re- to really have a bit of longevity even with the peaks and troughs that we all have in this game it's um you know it's part of the armory you know not just having decent equipment or knowing what you're doing maybe yeah. the equipment, but i think just having that open mind to 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 being free you know
0: yeah totally if, during lockdown have you actually had time to listen to more music or anything like that or like discover anything because for me i'm I, i've just been like balls deep in working in the studio that i've kind of like the only time i listen to music is when i'm running or something like that
1: yeah I have at times because the weather's been nice. There's been moments where I've sat out on the sort of patio and listened to some, listened to something or, you know, I might've been doing some admin, doing some emails, whatever, and, and put something on, but like Nathan Fakes album, like that was out a couple of months ago, I think anyway, that's when I listened to it. Um, He's just incredible. Like, I've always been a fan of his, but I kind of dipped out of what he was doing for probably about well, probably the length of time I've been doing Shadow Child. To be honest with you, I didn't really listen to um, Nathan's music, but that album is just incredible. I think it's. I don't know. I've not heard of him. I need to check him out. Oh, really? Yeah. He, so he, yeah. So I was a, I was a, a big James. I mean, I am a big James Holden fan, but same thing. That those two are very much in the same kind of world.
0: Yeah.
1: That kind of John. Hopkins, but a bit more yeah. twisted than John. Hop- oh, really? John Hopkins. yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, it's incredible. He like, make like anyone who's it. anyone who's watching or listening to this, like, check out Nathan Fake's album. But even if you just listen to the first track, because it will it will sort of blow your mind a bit. Really, I um, I
0: love John Hopkins. Yeah, like, but it's actually John. I think
1: John Hopkins has done a, an edit or something of a Nathan Fake okay. track from the album. Move on right. I can't, I can't, but anyway, yeah, that, and and then, I, I mean, I listen to a lot of older music. I mean, the yeah. other day we were listening to, um, the police and like, I grew up w- with the police, Yeah, like again, with my dad's, like in his record collection, that was another bit, a big one, you know? And, um, you know, I don't know. I'm very, I do like looking back a bit too much probably at times, but I like the feelings that music gives you. That's what it's there yeah, for. You totally. know what I mean, I don't think we should be worried about, about that.
0: I think I was listening to like a Rick Rubin interview the other day and I think he was talking about Pharrell or somebody and they was, he was saying that like, whoever he was talking about, literally the first thing they do every morning is they wake up and listen to two hours of music they've never heard of. And I'm like, wow, that is to be able to have that freedom of just being like, you know what, I'm just going to listen to music for two hours and just like, yeah, just vibe it's kind of, I guess, yeah. I guess in your busy lives, you kind of have to make time for that. Um,
1: a lot of people probably do it without realizing yeah. I mean, probably not producers or people like us or whatever, but maybe people that commute to work probably True. listen to an hour of music every day uh, if they're able to go to work at the moment or whatever, yeah. and then probably listen an hour on the way home. But obviously we're talking about it from a music making point of view. So it's a little bit, you know, we so do. different. So what's your, what's but your, th-
0: I, I, yeah. What's your thoughts um, from, obviously you've gone from vinyl, CD, iTunes and now Spotify and Apple Music. What's your kind of thoughts on on music, on how it's kind of being listened to now?
1: Uh, you have to respect the people that are at the other end listening, whoever they are and whatever, and it's just whatever medium or platform they use to listen to your material i mean i'd rather that it was like it was uh it felt like with vinyl in particular that i mean there is a really healthy vinyl industry still obviously it's not quite what it was 10 10 plus years ago but um yeah you you have to respect the listener and how they want to consume your music and that sounds very corporate to put it like that but and i'm not very corporate person but that it, it is, it is true. You do have to play into that a little bit and and respect that. So, but for me, as a personal thing, it's um, it's just got to have some substance to it. I don't really care how I listen to it. Yeah. I'm happy to listen as a listener on on Spotify, um, and I'm equally happy to go and put a, an album on because albums we really love, we yeah. we buy if we don't own them on vinyl already. Myself and, and, my, and my missus, you know, we we make an effort to go and buy it. You know, if, if there's a Prince album that's even on a repress, I'm not worried about having originals and things, you know what I mean? Yeah. We get it so we can put, we have that feeling of putting a record on and because we both enjoy that still. So, you know, for us, it's just an experience that we grew up with, you know, that you kind of want, but things change. The, the only thing that is a huge question for me, and this might be diverting it, 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 that question a bit, but back to you, but my my issue is the thought of cloud DJing, which which is yeah, which is DJs with the controller or yeah. CDJs or whatever they're gonna use and being able to just connect to beatport or or wherever on the fly, not actually have a collection that they've that they've nurtured and, and really put whatever into. Um and just having this ability to be you know DJing from from like from from out of thin air yeah. I mean there's a whole part of the art and craft of DJing if you're digital or vinyl it doesn't matter but there's a whole art and craft with it even to now when a DJ turns up with a USB stick there's mm-hmm. a lot of preparation and yeah. a lot of stuff that goes into that I just I just I'm, I'm concerned about that <laughs> yeah. I think the technology is incredible but I don't know what you what you what you make of that. See, in, um, see, for me, the there's cloud
0: DJing For me, there's three parts to DJing. There's maybe it's only two parts actually. It's actually mixing, and then there's reading a the crowd. But there's yeah. there's also some DJs that are some of the best DJs in the world, and they don't read the crowd. They just do what yeah. they do. Um. Yeah. The thing with the whole cloud thing, like from, if, if if I was just using it, for, if it was just for me, it just would never work because I would say 85% of my sets is, like musically is all my own music that I make. Um, so it just wouldn't work. And it kind of also feels like you're a bit of a, like a wedding DJ, where you're just like searching yeah. for like if somebody is like, oh, play this. Scrolling. Song. Yeah. And I think. Scrolling and scrolling. Yeah. And I think the way these platforms, Spotify, Apple Music, and even I'm pretty sure Beatport's like Cloud, mm. Cloud is going to be exactly the same is that you're just going to get the top. You're just going to get the most listened to or the most streamed records. Yeah. It's not going to be like, oh, so well, it's you. A bit- You you play. I don't know. You play eats everything, so you might like this, if you know what I mean. Rather than I think I don't know. I just algorithm
1: DJing. (laughs) Yeah, and
0: it takes it takes away. Obviously, from you're from the vinyl days. I started with vinyl as well, and there's something about going to a record shop and just digging for music. And I kind of do yeah. the same. I do the same on Beatport. I can spend, when I'm in the right mood, I can spend two, three hours just looking for records on, on Beatport. What I
1: wonder is, right, is, and, and, and I, I, again, this isn't knocking or dissing anyone out there who wants to be a DJ, wants to digital DJ or cloud totally, DJ. Even. Yeah. This is just from my point of view. If, if 15, 20 years ago, people were still got having to go to record shops for true underground music. Yeah. And, the effort that 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 is needed to become a DJ with uh, with vinyl and from the shopping, to, let alone playing it, the physical side, carrying records around, and the whole the whole <laughs> hassle of it, which is a real labour of love for me and maybe for you, but yeah. the ease of being able to sit on your sofa with a laptop or even on your phone and buy music. And then yeah. it just syncs up somewhere and goes to your, your laptop and then you've got it on record box and you just go, oh, I'm a DJ. Yeah.
0: Stick
1: in the USB. And fine, things have to move on. I don't have an issue with that. But I'm wondering if if the if if it was that hard that you had to hunt down specialist record shops and you had to hunt down there was a limited number of MP3s, uh or 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 with digital files. Uh, in each record shop that yep. you couldn't get <laughs> everywhere, <laughs> like it was, it was there would be as many DJs because I don't think there would be. Do you know? What no, I mean? And this is if the person this, behind this, the
0: this... counter didn't like you as much, or you, or you didn't yeah. didn't go there as often, so you wouldn't get the good stuff. If you don't, know well, what I mean.
1: even now, like I, I buy a lot of vinyl now. I mean, yeah. you see a little bit of it behind me. I got rid of loads over the years, but there's a little bit behind me here, and um, a lot of it's old. But there's loads of new stuff there. There's a couple of bags in the. Box and two sections there that are yeah. all, all new from the last three four years because of my radio show i was just like you know what i'm relying on um digital music that everyone's getting sent um not everyone but most people and like my radio show is going to be made up of uh, you know basically of, of of two hours of music that, yeah. that everyone's everyone got in their inbox. Got, totally. so, I, so i started record shopping again and i'm I, religiously was going to Fonica before lockdown and I'll continue afterwards but um that 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 thing that you get from, from buying vinyl and this isn't me being a preachy person about, about what people should or shouldn't do I just think if you genuinely want to be a DJ go and experience it you don't have to buy stacks you don't have to go yeah. in and spend two three hundred quid a pop just go and experience that because you, for one you're going to discover artists and people that you didn't have a clue about I mean 3 years ago I discovered DJ Seinfeld and Rimbaudian which is the same guy.
0: Yeah.
1: It just blew me away like there was a lot of that kind of dusty house music around or lo-fi house whatever you want to call it people like Mog Grab coming through and all those kind of guys you know and I discovered all that lot through buying vinyl it wasn't because of any hype online necessarily yeah. or anything like that it was um you know and, and and it's really nice to be able to 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 have that physical Contact with the music, not just not just a hype thing or a, you know something you see on Instagram or whatever. I think if you genuinely wanting wanting to get out there and 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 be a DJ, you know, don't rely on your laptop and USB. You know, go and go and at least experience it yeah. in that in that physical form because you know it's um it's different and it makes you it will make it will make you respect the digital music actually. Uh, a little bit more. I it, think there's you know, some. Some already do.
0: Yeah, I think there's some like authenticity as well with, for artists as well. Let's say, for instance, like Seinfeld and Mulgrab and things like that. It's like, yeah, they they have this. I don't want to say the word, but coolness around them. If that makes sense, It's a mystique. Yeah, and and I think yeah. that has been built via. I just want to release music on vinyl and people would get yeah. people will eventually get to know who i am because the music's so good yeah. and it's so different to what a lot of other people are doing that eventually it will just translate into shows and then shows will then yeah. translate into streams and then i'm yeah. a very successful musician the thing
1: is a lot of that music 50 60 percent of it it w- was never available digitally no. do you know what I mean yeah I, I think a lot of it is now because of Bandcamp. that's really coming to its own it's always been there but it's really coming to its own the last couple of years I'd say um but I think three four years ago a lot of that stuff I was buying was um you know you wouldn't you wouldn't get any digitals of it yeah no. I'd have to a lot of the time I come home I play the vinyl on radio but I wouldn't talk with vinyl you know but anything that was that outstanding that I wanted to play it out in my sets because my radio shows slightly different than my than my sets when sets, i play yeah, live yeah. um because i want that separation anyway as well but um i also want to deliver something different on, on my radio show yeah but, but the, I'll, I'll rip the vinyl obviously and and take digital rips out and, and play on the usb that way but you know it it's not about oh he's playing vinyl he's not playing vinyl it's it's about the experience like i say in yeah. I think that that for me is what is missing. It's not just because I'm a bit old school and I'm I'm 43 now, so yeah. you know there's no running away from that. And I experienced all that stuff, and I still live I still live for that. I love it. If I, if I get something of mine I'm pressed onto vinyl, whether whether we press it on the label or whether another label's pressing it, it's just such a buzz. Still, you know, the test pressing turning up, that whole experience of um of of that is is why I got into doing this. And I think you need those things that. You know, it's like the, all you know. Did the, the, some of the kit that's here in my studio? is I don't need all this now, but it's what yeah. keeps the keeps the fire burning for me. It doesn't for other people. Do you know what I mean? It's, but this is all the kit when I was growing up, getting into this that I wanted to have one day that I wanted to make my music with, and I and I, and I do. Do you know what I mean? I genuinely use it all the time, and because that's what I wanted.
0: Have you? Uh, I think
1: it's about self indulgent thing,
0: really. Totally. Have you uh, gone into the modular realm yet?
1: Tiny little bit where well, you can you can see it there. Yeah, um, that's it. Because I promised myself I wasn't going to get big into modular. I had a lot of friends that did it and were just like, "Oh, I'm not really making any music." I was going to say that. Every, everybody <laughs>
0: that everybody that goes into the modular realm just literally loses two years of their life just making bleeps. Oh, it's and blobs. amazing.
1: I, I mean, I've made tunes with with DJ House and things. You know, he came up um, and brought his his modular, which is quite. It's just like a little a little thing, really. Yeah, But it's just amazing, you know. I loved it. It was great. And about, you know, he came up and we made a load of noises together and made some some music out of those noises, basically. And that's that, that's how it works. I think if you can commit, I mean, even with this kit, you know, I, the way I used to run all this kit that's it that's here is all uh, for people that understand is is all I was running it all live via MIDI and the audio coming in, but I wasn't really committing to anything. So yeah. I'd end up Shutting down for the day, like not having committed to anything, it was just MIDI notes on a page, and a lot of these old bits of kit don't have memories on them, so the sound no. disappears. Yeah. Um, or if you move on to something else, it'll be gone. But what I forced myself to do the last two, three years is actually commit to the audio straight away. Because normally when you're writing music, is like the best, the best ideas of that session or whatever, whether it's an hour or, or 10 hours long, you early ideas normally it's a sound that you generate and then an idea comes yeah and then normally that's actually one of the strongest things that you'll do that day whereas some people when this is was myself included will still be noodling around with that sound so you've got the musical idea and then you'll be like i need to change the sound and then it will it will turn into something else and it'll be like oh, it's kind of gone away from
0: takes the vibe away from
1: your your instinct and yeah. the vibe yeah so, and this is the same for plugins too. Don't get me wrong. Do you know what I mean? Committing early is, is a good thing. But with modular, I was like, this is a bit of an endless thing. And people will know I'm a big advocate for old Roland kit anyway. i got got loads of it. But I thought what I'm going to do is get that system 100 because it's one case with a, sta- with a standard set of modules in it. I mean, I can chain that up to loads of other kit if I wanted to and make it into a big modular thing. But my in my mind that is his own little thing in a yeah. case i understand it there's loads i don't understand about it and i love that too um there's loads of things i can do by joining th- things up like you can with modular as well if i want to but in my head it's not a messy situation yeah. <laughs> i don't you know i don't uh, th- these little modular bits here are just effects They're uh, these are like using guitar pedals or yeah, whatever yeah. um i do i didn't want to get into it if I have a musical idea, I like to get it out straight away. I don't want to be trying to find a musical idea for five hours by experimenting necessarily. I might do that for a certain part of a track or experiment with some processing or something. But um, for me, the musical idea and the structure of a track is is more important than all the little noodly things that a lot of which go over people's heads. Yeah. If we're, if we're all honest, people that will go out and want to jump around to music, they want to. They want to feel the music in a certain way. They're not bothered about, you know, oh, I think he made that whoosh sound with a modular synth, and I think you know whatever. It's, it's, a, <laughs> it's true, though, man. It you is, just want to go out and jump around true. and be silly to your music and enjoy themselves. It's like it's, it's, it's not that important, you know. Well, I think um, that goes
0: back to who you who you making the music for, because there's some producers out there that are, like let's just say, for instance, like Maceo Plex, right? Yeah. For me, like I, I would personally, he's probably one of my favorite producers at this moment yeah, in time and has totally, been for, yeah. for many years. And as a producer, I know how much time is going into those records. Like yeah. from individual sounds to mix down, master, literally the whole process. I, I can tell that that process, it might be a quick process for him, but, there's a lot of time and effort gone into that. The
1: Attention to detail and in insane. Whole, yeah, yeah. Uh, but yeah. I think
0: I think people on the dance floor. I don't think people are like, oh my god, this track is like got so much attention to detail. However, yeah, it translates. It translates into on the dance floor when a record it when a record has that much detail. Yeah, whether the detail is on arrangement, whether the detail is on the groove or something like that, I think that does translate because it's all, it's very easy. Like we could, we could probably pull up a kick drum and get your SH 101 out and write something very quickly. That's going to work, work well on a dance floor.
1: That's exactly what I did with DBG by the way.
0: It was like one note done. Do you know what I mean? Exactly. That was one of those. But I think, and there's, there's other producers out there. Like, I don't know. Okay. Let's say Eric Prids, for example. Although, mm. like, there's, although it's, it's it, there's a lot of attention to detail, but I, th- I think that what happens is that takes it away from the dance floor as well to the point where people will listen off the dance floor. And I think that's where streaming platforms is kind that's of an- really helpful. That's
1: another thing, 100%.
0: 'Cause I when I think for me Yeah,
1: yeah, 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 totally. And and again those noodly bits and tunes that might go over people's heads in
0: Oh my internet is going haywire.
1: Yeah, you were all over the place there, but can... I was rolling with it. <laughs> <laughs>
0: can you hear me now?
1: I can hear you, yeah. You're a bit
0: there's a bit of a delay. Okay.
1: Yeah. Go for it. Yeah. Yeah. If I just freeze like this, yeah, then you won't. Know what's
0: going on. <laughs> no, I think we're good. I think we're good. Um, yeah, yeah. I think the.
1: No, no. I totally get. I totally get that. Um, I, I, I feel like. um I mean, a lot of people, more people consume mu- this music outside of of dance floors now than than yeah. they ever did. So you have to, you expect that. We wouldn't all. I mean, you know, one of the first things you have to do these days have to do is is make the the spotify edit because no one wants to hear 64 bars of just drums at the beginning <laughs> which is a dj friendly uh, thing so you, tunes can be mixed together you know it's yeah. just like wow you know it's not people are skipping they're like I don't want to hear drums for like this long the drums are cool but like, I want to hear I want to hear a tune yeah. I don't
0: know
1: well, I want to hear something that drags me in. so we all, we all do that so we're all you know I say all most people are kind of uh, playing the the spotify Game, the dsp game where you have to have the the streaming edit which used to be just a radio edit but now it's a streaming edit is is as, as as an important thing you know well i think i think um, for me for
0: writing streaming streaming platforms have actually kind of not changed how i write i think it's more so how i've kind of changed as a person as an and as a producer that i want to write records that people can listen to in a day or having dinner or yeah. something else. I wanna kind of and I think for me, like I know I can write club records, but can I write a record that works in a club and also works when you're chilling out, if that makes sense or when you just do it cooking or yeah. something like that. I don't know. It's 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 tough.
1: They're the records that they're the records that have that timeless thing to them yeah. as well a lot of the time as well. And that's that's kind of it, you know, whizzing back to one of your early sort of questions was like, with what I'm doing now, is, is to ha- if I can achieve that timeless element to a track, I might not do it all the time, but a couple of times I've been lucky enough to do that. Where, you know, I still have people now say, talk to me about the Dave Spoon stuff. And I played like at night, like the other week. And it's yeah. like, wow, well, for me, it's like, wow, really? Did you? <laughs> and even people still play 20, people still play 23, which isn't even as long ago as that, but it's still a long time ago. It's like eight, eight years old this year, 23, yeah. do you know what Jeez. I mean? It's, it's mad. Yeah, and it's just like, well, that must be what that means then. When people talk about timeless music, it isn't, oh, oh it's Habba, or it's, oh, it's Art. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? It's like, it, that exists in our world completely. It does, 100%. You know, I can... Yeah, totally. And 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 I just... I, I, that, for me, is something that I sort of strive for. And if that means that that's one of those records that someone will on while well, they're cooking, like you say, or on a bus, on the way to work, I think you've achieved something because, you know, there's a lot of music that is purely just really for dance floors. Like it really, really is for dance floors. Yeah. Or it might be just a little vibe in the background of a of a cool clothes shop that you might go into, you know what I mean? Uh, or whatever. It's just, you know, tinkering away in the background. And, and you know, I respect all music. There was, there was a guy that I discovered about 18 months ago, Tibby Dabo, who's like, you know, this guy who I'd actually come across before through another project that he did. And um, I got sent a track of his that was on Crosstown um, called Her Moon. And it's about, is it, it's either like 10 or 12 minutes long. It's,
0: it's an amazing long record. Yeah. Absolutely oh, man. amazing I, record. And it, it evolves into like, yeah, from like a club record to some like beautiful, I don't know if you've ever played it in a set but yeah. it fucking oh, yeah, destroys. Yeah. It's so good.
1: Yeah. Yeah, it's incredible. It's incredible. But do you know what? I didn't get it to start with because really? I listened to it and I thought, oh, it's another one of those. Like the, the production sublime, I could hear that. I could hear how, you know, obviously it fits perfectly in Lazarus as well. People like Sasha and all those kind of people. It, amazing. You know what I mean? Like proper sort of uh, moment, re- mo- moment, you know, as far as the production goes. But I didn't really get why the piano part, I'm spoiling it for people who haven't heard it now, but the piano part is right at the end of the record. Yeah. And you kind of, and and I'm just like, ah, there's, there's, there's there the moment. Why yeah, is it yeah. there? Why is it? And Genius. I didn't get it at all. Genius. I didn't it... get it. Yeah, it is. And, and, and I actually went, um, I actually went, I was talking to, to Sasha and he said, I'm, you know, I'm doing fabric come down. And I, what he was the night he was doing all night there. And I saw him play it there. And I wasn't expecting it coming and I heard I heard it coming in. I was just like, okay, this would be interesting. Like yeah. we'll see where this where this kind of goes. And man, I totally get the record now. Do you know what I mean? <laughs> it's like, it's, wow. It's weird. Like I... like the reaction, the reaction to it was just insane. And and like that, that is why anyone that doesn't know this record, Tibby Dabo, Her Moon, go check it out, listen to it, stick with it it is a different experience on a dance floor to listening in in your home or whatever, obviously, but, you know, listen to it. You'll get, you'll get what we're talking about, but it's, it's piece of genius. That that record, that record.
0: I remember when I, cause somebody told me to listen to it. I was driving, I was in Detroit actually. um, And it was just before I started the open to close tour that I just finished um, in March and I was driving downtown i had one of my friends with me and one of my mates she's like not a dj or anything just really into like kind of melodic-y house that's not like not like progressive trance or like not nothing hard but it's just very like quite nice music if that makes sense so she put this record on and i didn't really notice much that was going on until the piano happened and i was like oh my god this track is genius yeah. and i played it every set yeah in the open to close tour and oh really every set and it was the trans it was the transition record from the like opening kind of set the opening part of the set to okay this is when i'm going to kind of pick things up Stepping and it, it up. just always worked mm. every time
1: yeah yeah exactly Exactly that. And and again, for me, that is one of those records now. And it's funny now in a bit with the benefit of hindsight of, of seeing Sasha play it. And then I've played it since. I played a, I've only ever done two Polymod DJ sets, right? And yeah. I've played it in both. And... Um, now I really get the record. Sometimes it just takes a moment like that for you to get it. And it had to be served up on a plate by someone like Sasha in fabric <laughs> <laughs> at three in the morning for me yeah. to get it. Sometimes that happens, you know what
0: I mean? Definitely. But
1: like, you know, I can, I can put that on now. And that, that, that to me is one of those tunes that I can absorb in 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 while i'm cooking the dinner yeah cooking the beans on toast
0: definitely no
1: it comes in so many different in so many different ways but i think achieving that thing with with your music is um it's better than any success or earnings or whatever you want to put on what what we might do or what people in music do um that sense of um achievement comes from a lot of funny different places and and i think you know that is one of them, isn't it? It's just like oh, you know. If you sometimes I've seen Instagram videos of people in the car with with, with their kids and they're all bopping about to one of my records, and yeah. I get tagged in it, and I'm like, man, this is great. This is <laughs> like amazing. this tune was made for like three in the morning at yeah. wherever. You know, this it wasn't made for for that, and it's just amazing to have have that ability to 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 connect with people. You
0: know. So I've got to ask you a question. What's obviously you've had a lot of success over the years. With the Dave Spoon stuff, what's, what's it like to have had, we like, have to? sorry, <laughs> what's it like to have, <laughs> had, no, you're good. No, you're good. to have like that much success off of, off records? Because I, it, it's something that you said earlier that you were like, I didn't, you didn't want to go down that commercial EDM kind of route but you kind of mm. did without even trying. I, I don't know if you were trying, but to start like before you didn't yeah. want to, and, and you said you didn't want to carry on, which, which I get, but what's it like?
1: Yeah. I don't know. Cause I've just, I, I don't know. Sometimes I don't really connect the dots in the way people do on the outside. And I've, it's funny. I've had this conversation with, artists that I love. I'll tell you one is I mentioned him already was Mark, Mark Archer. And I, I, you know, with his success as alternate, and I've Mm. talked to him a couple of times uh, or mentioned a couple of things. He's like, it's so funny how other people perceive what we did. Yeah. Like I just don't. (laughs) And I sort of have that a little bit. Sometimes I don't really, it's not that I don't appreciate it. I fully appreciate it. And what I've been, been able to do and where the places that my music sort of reached over the years, but I, I literally was just following on my nose. We spoon. I didn't really know what I was what I was doing. I don't even know <laughs> I if I know that. what I'm I love doing that now.
0: Because so <laughs> I <laughs> think that is the plan. case. That is the case that none of us actually know what the fuck we're doing. We're just winging it, and we're just doing what we love. And yeah, and you never know; it well, might do well. There's...
1: Do you know what? I've never had a game plan. It's the ironic thing, right? With with this 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 like this year that we've got at the moment, right, without going into it all again, is is that this is the first time I've had a whole year's worth of music planned ahead of me, yeah. which was the end of last year. So November, December, I had the whole of 2020 sorted. Music, all the <laughs> releases planned. Now it's fucked. Um, you know, things I was going to do and all this kind of stuff. And then, and then here we are. And, and do you know what? I'm absolutely fine with it. I, I, I'm not fine with, obviously, a lot of stuff people have had to go through throughout all this year so far but as far as my own thing musically you know i'm quite i'm quite happy with it you know this apollo project i've done musically is different anyway yeah i think uh, it's a shame that it's not being played at maybe some festivals and, and and clubs and whatever it's been on a few live streams and on the radio which is great um whatever but yeah, it's, it literally, this is the first time in like, so 2004 I started Spoon, so that was 16 years ago. This is the first Jeez. time in 16 years <laughs> that I've had my year planned out and then and then here we are. But to, to answer your question, what's it like? Um, it, it's amazing to have that connection with, with people, with a piece of music and with so many different people at, at one time because you make it for... You make it because that's the vibe you're in in the first place in the yeah. studio, and then you're like, "Wow!" You 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 tend to know if you if you're making something that's just a bit tracky, and some people will like it. You tend to know when you get those. Like when I made that night, when I made twenty three, when I made string thing, and a couple of the remixes I've done over the years too. I sort I sort of knew, and I don't yeah. mean in an arrogant way, but you get a feeling about it that's that's different to other other tunes. One hundred percent. That would be, I would say, yeah that would be the only thing I would say that I really went, that I've known that, okay, this is, this is, I've got something here. Do you know what I mean? And I think if you listen, whether if you listen to any kind of interviews or whatever, or read anything, even from as back, far back as the Beatles to, or the Stones or Pink Floyd, they'll all have, they'll all say about that moment that you sometimes have, whatever the music is you're making, where you sit back and you go, whoa, hang on a sec. Like, like we've got something here yeah. this, this is something you know what i mean and it's part of uh, it's part of a of a a synchronicity maybe with what's going on out out there and yeah. i don't just mean dance floors i mean like the world the whole or, and, and there's stuff like even to do with social media where people are perceptive to a certain thing you know string thing shadow Child was the first record really that was a big sort of sound change and it had come just after eats had done entrance song that was the real game changer really yeah as in the one that popped up where everyone was like what is that record you know and then luckily for me string thing was was like one the of the next ones yeah. and then Bashmore, obviously um our and uh you know that that kind of little pocket of time and Dude, it's like that was when i had the it success-
0: sorry that was yeah go on like that was, for me, that was kind I was getting, it. what year was that? 2000 and, when did that come out? 12. 2012. 12.
1: Like. Yeah, let 2011 to 2012. I was, I was
0: and that well. was the year I was like, I need to sign to Dirty Bird. It was like, I need, yeah, right. I need yeah, to yeah, be yeah, part yeah. of Dirty Bird. Like, yeah. just the music that was coming out on, on Dirty Bird at that time. And what you guys, you, Eats, Julio, um it was Breach as well. Like that is, yeah. that's, that's my shit, Justin, man. Martin. Justin and Justin, yeah, Justin's yeah, still yeah, doing, not. Justin's still on that train and still kind of doing some amazing stuff. Mm. But it's just like mm. that, that was for me, that was my, one of my most favorite times of, of music at that, at that period. Totally. It's just fun. It was, and, it was and, something and different.
1: something of it. Definitely. And, and, and that's something I experienced twice. I experienced that. As Spoon as well. Yeah. You know, that moment came in w- so that you had uh, you had me and sort of Dean Ramirez, who did Body Rocks. So yeah, had, yeah, yeah. At night, you had Body Rocks, the remix of Body Rocks, which is a big commercial wedding tune now really Bad, isn't <laughs> with all respect yeah. but big up for that going back to what we were saying just now but like at that time it was just like my god what is this people might not understand that now yeah. unless you were the, sort of there at the time but that and luckily my my record at night were the two records that year that were just like blowing everyone's head off and it was just like wow and it was just again a lot of things a lot of stars aligning you know um, and this is happening all the time. It is, it's just yeah. not happening on our radars. Do you know what I mean? This is happening for someone else
0: yeah, at the totally. moment,
1: or it, last year it was happening for that person. It happens all the time, and it's just like if you if you're a part of of that light, like that bubble, that that kind of happening or whatever. It's it's that that feeling for me is is much more satisfying and, and powerful than any money or success kind yeah. of thing that that feeling that you're a part of that thing is um and that might be my downfall sometimes because i don't really don't do this for the money yeah i do, I do this for my music and connecting w- with people i also don't do it it's not about me as the, as a person i'm not uh you know I, like eat stan again he's a huge character and and you get a huge character with the music as well yeah. he's like the complete package and such a, a sound guy uh, whereas me, I'm, I'm, I'm one of these that's more just, I'm about, I want the music to be the character. I'm the guy that just presses the buttons. You yeah. know what I mean? And yeah, it's yeah. just like, I'm not so like, you know, that, that is, that is a, a slight difference there as well, obviously. But, but yeah, man, it's, it's just a really nice special thing to to be part of and to have people all these years later still talk about those, those tracks. It, it, it's amazing. And you know, my music did do really well back then. Um, I mean, it just, I didn't go into that stratospheric EDM explosion in, in America 2008-9 because I felt that the music just wasn't me. Yeah. And I think if I was someone that could go and just DJ and play anything and not have a care in the world, I mean, maybe I shouldn't for the kind of money that gets thrown around <laughs> um, at those, for those parties. But, uh, uh, you know, and that's fine. That happens. But um, I can't stand there and pretend to be into music. I'm, I'm not feeling it. Yeah. I, I did it for a bit, man. I remember this was the end of Spoon, right? So I was playing Creamfields, I think 2010. And I was in Steve Angelo's arena. The Swedish House Mafia had done their thing already. So Steve was propelled into a different stratosphere. Yeah. But I was playing the size label arena, which was huge. It was like the second biggest arena there at Creamfields that year. And, um, I didn't want to play, man. Yeah. I stood there and I was just like, I was. There were these guys called third party, three of them, obviously before me, and and I know this is how this music is played. I'm just not. I'm not knocking it. I'm just saying why I wasn't feeling it. It was relentless. It was like if you could draw it as like a, a picture, it would just be a big square yeah. for like two hours <laughs> in and your square. face. Yeah, yeah. And I'm all about playing like big moment records. Don't be wrong. But a DJ set needs peaks and troughs. It's, yeah, it's a uh, it's a bit, little bit of a journey, even if it's an hour or, or what. And like, I was just like, I've got to go on after these guys as well. And I just can't, you know, this isn't where I'm at. This And that yeah. was my decision. I played the set, you know, obviously, but um, I didn't really want it. I wanted to be there. Of course I wanted to be there. I wanted to be like uh, on that platform with all those people. But, I didn't want to play that music. I'm like, this is this is this is the this is the the end point for me. So I, I honored the rest of my gigs, obviously. I didn't just cut it off there. But um I think over the next few months I, I didn't really take any more spoon gigs out. on and was just I couldn't go and and also the music I was making in the studio was sounding like all the very average EDM demos yeah. we were getting for my old label yeah. which i was just like man but that's what my music sounded like it was like music for numbers for for beatport and yeah. I, I don't write music like that it doesn't matter if my music's big or not it's like i can't sit here and be excited about making music for beatport the same as i can't sit here today and make music about be uh, make music so i feel excited about making music for spotify playlists i yeah. can't do that
0: Dude, I I can massively relate to that. When for me it was more so and this is no kind of this is not me bad mouthing Dirty Bird at all, but this is just purely for me is like I got to a point where the music that I was releasing on Dirty Bird I just I didn't love it. I didn't want to play it. And also yeah. the music that Dirty Bird were releasing, for me I felt like it just didn't give me that feeling when they released string mm-hmm. thing, et cetera, et cetera. Um, yeah, yeah. And it, it was kind of, I, I spoke to Barkley about it. I've, I've had many of conversations about it and he's like, dude, I don't even send you the records now. Cause I know you're not going to play them. And he's like, it's not, it, yeah. it's no, it's no issue. It's just when I think there comes a point where for me and maybe for you and maybe I definitely know for, for other artists, it's you could be earning so much money from the records, but if you don't enjoy it, it's just, that's not why we did it. We didn't start earning money from the beginning. We did like, like, like all of us, we've all literally just done years and years of not earning money. If you know what I mean? And yeah, we, oh, people don't
1: see that. No, people, 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 yeah. people don't always see that. That's very cliche comment now. The old yeah. iceberg picture. or the there was a picture, uh, a famous picture that was up on Instagram and go doing the rounds of a DJ behind a DJ, and it's like this is what you see, but what you don't see, in yeah. a picture of all this stuff. I think, yeah. cool. anyway, it was taking your mind that way of all the years of what we're talking about.
0: Do you think? Do you think that? Do you think that kind of? also because I think for me it definitely did but it kind of can really get to you as an artist like mentally when you're doing something and you're not enjoying it I remember 2018 for me I I had lots of things going on in in my career nothing personally it was purely literally I was not happy with my management I wasn't happy with the music that was coming out I, which meant yeah. that I wasn't enjoying any of my shows that year. I could probably only name five shows I enjoyed, and I did about 120, like, and yeah, and then I think it's everyone else's expectations of what you should be as an artist. Um,
1: yeah, it's tough. It grinds you, man. It grinds yeah. you. It grinds you down. And I think I think a lot of this stuff you can put on yourself. Like I'm, I'm the king of doing yeah. that. You know what I mean. I've, I've had problems over the years as well with um, sort of anxiety and all those kind of things, which I've, I've not been mega public about, but I've, I have mentioned it on my socials before, um, because I don't tour loads. Do you know what I yeah. mean? But I, when I look at the, the, when I look at the, um, the source of what drives me into those places where I'm just not comfortable doing what I'm doing. Um, it does come from the the expectation thing, but you have to you have to have that. If we were if we were footballers, yeah, if we played soccer. I should say for our American viewers. Um, <laughs> then you know you ha- and you're successful. You're great at what you do, and you uh, and you end up playing for for Chelsea or whoever you. Are. I'm not a Chelsea fan, by the way. Uh, but you know there's an expectation there. If you if you have a good few games and you get put in the first team. The expectations there. I think if you, if you're in it, if you're lucky enough, privileged enough, uh, after you've put all the work in, um, to be then, because uh, a lot of people put a lot of work into their craft, but don't yeah. get that moment to break through with it, wh- whatever that is, whether it's sport or 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 you know the arts or whatever, you know, and um, people don't always get that opportunity. If you get that opportunity what people don't train you up for what you don't get for, for from you know five years of sitting in front of of logic or ableton is the is is the mindset that uh actually that that's what comes with it yeah uh, and you don't get the tools if you've got great management or you know maybe a bit of a mental type in your life you know there's 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 people like um uh, who can I think of? James Abila, obviously. I'm talking years ago now. He was sort of under Sasha's wing for quite a while, and I yeah. can imagine that that really helped James. And I, I know James a little bit, but not closely enough to to say this for sure. But I'm just using that as a possible scenario where that would have probably helped someone like that with, with some of the realities of of how of how it is. And I don't mean the realities as in our oh, touring's hard and you yeah. don't get a, a good meal and all these things that you hear about i'm talking about the weight of expectation that that comes with success so it can be one record or two records i mean there are people out there that it's just like water off a duck's back as far as we know anyway as far as we as far as it looks so you look at like salado i mean they were doing some good stuff anyway then tribesman came along and it was like my god camel fats another one they've been doing that for years you know mike's already a massive success before that with other music anyway so, but they seem to carry that weight of expectation and turn it into a into a laugh. But that's for, for us from the outside. Yeah, I don't yeah. know anything different here, by the way, but who who knows what when they sit in the studio or the grind, it feels like a grind because of the expectation, you know, because music needs to there's there's an element of um not always fun, but there's an element of feeling that needs to come through the music, whether it's totally. fun or if you're down or whatever, if you can channel that, even if you're not feeling if you're not feeling it, you need to be able to channel that through what you're doing. And, um, luckily with, with the creative industries, we can do that. You can't do that if you're a footballer, because you end up sent off like David Luiz for Arsenal the other night, because he's not having a good time. (laughs) (laughs) So that's what happens. If you're a footballer, you get sent off for us. It might be just that we have a pile of music. We're not really happy with, you know what I mean? And it's like, it's a little bit of a different, different thing. But, um, but that is something that nobody prepares you for. And this is where, and this isn't an intentional plug, by the way, this, this is partly why I started my mentoring platform is to help people, mm. not just with their tracks and, and, and some technical stuff, but actually to talk about all the, all this stuff with people, because it's not to put people off, but it's just literally to have your mindset, even just 25, 30% more yeah. ready than how it really is. Cause when it hits you, it comes out of nowhere, even with the success and the love and the adulation for what you do and people buying tickets and everyone wanting a bit of what you're doing. You know, everyone from, from like, you know, from, from, from fans to labels to, to other DJs, to like management all over you. What do I do? Oh my God, I'm getting all these emails and like, it's great, but Christ, you know, you know, they're just, the business things that sometimes are the things that weigh you down. It's the business side that people don't see or hear about very much as well. I find that sometimes it's that. um, And also the expectation from inside your, inside your team. Do you know what I mean? Your manager, your agent, PR or whatever you've got. um, There's an expectation even from them. It's this isn't about always fans or ticket buyers or promoters yeah. or whatever it's it's about um that expectation from um from within even because people forget if you if you have a manager or an agent they might you might have gone with them because you think oh click with them and I've seen him at a few parties yeah. and he's cool and like we get on and we both like whatever uh but actually you're going into business with that person yeah. first you need to remember that first that this is a business arrangement you'll go it's not just oh, I've got an agent i've got an agent in everyone yeah, He's yeah. Like, no 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 no, no. This, this is a this is a business arrangement and at some point this might be great and fun right now but at some point it will still be fun but it will be that expectation will be there and it's a professional situation you know yeah. what i mean i do t- yeah so I, I've, I've i've i totally I find agree that, that those things have, have have got me down over the years as much as oh you know the scene's changing and like oh i didn't get booked for this this year and all those silly things that go through your mind sometimes cuz i'm the same as a lot of people you know um i have an expectation of myself that i yeah. oh, i've done i did Eastern electrics for 2 years so like i'm not doing it this year yeah why am i not doing Easter electrics that's me stacking it on myself and adding to the that that down pressure up, you know. i
0: th- i think the thing for me that i've kind of learned over the years is taking responsibility um and yeah and it's blaming people and blaming external things is yeah, yeah the least is the most unhealthy thing i can possibly do and we all do it we all do it we've all, we all do and, it. and and yeah, yeah. I, I think for me it's like like blaming old managements, blaming old agents, blaming shadow child for taking Beatport number one, if you know what I mean, blaming this, blaming that. Like, sorry, mate. Sorry, mate. i have going to win laugh. did that by the way. <laughs> <laughs> but like, it, I think the minute you, for me, the minute I start blaming things and I need to mm-hmm. like hold, step back and be like, what, where do I sit in this? Because if I'm not happy with, let's say for instance, my, my team. Okay. Let's say I'm not happy with my manager. Okay. What do I need to do to then make sure that I am happy? Do I need to talk to them? Do they do like, what do we, what do I need to do? Because I think when the minute I take responsibility is the minute you can actually kind of it, it's that child and adult kind of response it's like yeah yeah you yeah. turn you go into your adult self and then you're like okay well let's actually resolve this rather than being the, the child in the yeah. situation
1: it's a little bit like there's a lot of, lot of general life parallels that come into particularly your relationships with management and people what I've learned is and I learned this from fr- sort of from the spoon era and tried to learn from that and bring it into what I ended up doing with Shadow Child because arguably I think Shadow Child's been as successful if not more as, as Spoon was yeah. certainly had a bit more longevity um is that just to be straight up with people because I t- I tend to kind of know my vibe on on a certain thing or a certain opportunity or or whatever I'm not always right you can't always be no. right do you know what I mean but you do need to go with your gut a little bit and and I've always you know even when i've signed to a major like I, I signed to polydor years ago um when was it 2013 14 um and they it was a two single deal it wasn't for a particular record but i knew that they wanted 23 i knew they wanted a sticker vocal on 23 and i could see how that could be great and whatever for 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 them and for whatever but it wasn't going to be great for me. So I just said from the office, though this is a big deal and it's a big opportunity. And I know a lot of people that were in my position at the time wouldn't have done that and didn't do that type of stuff yeah. with majors. Um, but I I felt at the time, because I was very straight up with them. This this is just one example of this kind of stuff. I, f- I was very straight with them and said, look, this ain't going to be about, about 23 and that's just not what i want to do. If, if I can sign to you and give you two original records and whatever else came with the deal because there were there were add-ons to that um then i'm happy to do that i want to build something fresh here with yeah. this i don't want to revisit 18 months ago and yeah. stick a vocal on it really it just doesn't feel you know if you if jay-z wants to do it we'll have a chat You know what I mean? but <laughs> but like that ain't yeah. gonna be where, what happens to 23 and um they, they still had that, even though they, they were like, yeah, yeah, that's, no, that, that's, you know, we can't stand that. And <laughs> let's do the deal anyway. Still, still for the first two months of, of that deal, I got in my inbox nearly every day a, a, a shocking vocal over 23. Yeah. Like to try and twist my arm into doing it. You know and that, even even at times when you're when you're when you've got this and look i know you know the i'm not knocking major labels here you know we we all we all need them love them hate them um every kind of you know emotion. kind of emotion you know i know some really great lovely people that work at, at major labels so i'm not knocking anyone at all but they all have their goals and they have their expectations that come down from above and they have to deliver certain things and they have to do it in a certain way and if you're going to enter into that arena again like if you want to enter into an arena where you have a manager and a and, a, and an agent you have to understand that you're going to have those expectations and have yeah. those things there where they got they you know this is this is a business thing now this isn't you tinkering around in the studio making some tunes anymore this is a whole different thing Um, and it's a privileged position to be in it's just it's just about how you communicate and that is the the ultimate thing I'm getting to here is is communication from the off like I I'm quite not 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 brutal but I'll just say now if I'm not feeling something or I'm not I won't be like wishy-washy about something because what's the point in people wasting their time
0: Yeah, yeah
1: like on me with an idea. Like I, it's not for me. Do you know what I mean? Like it's cool, but I'm, I'm not the guy for it. I've just had it with some PR for this, these Apollo releases I'm putting out. Like the PR guys came up with this idea for me to do something. And I was just like, I think that could be great, but it ain't me. It just ain't <laughs> me. And I'm not even going to sit here and pretend that there's something that I want to do. And, yeah. and I, but I think it's a really good quirky idea. I think if I was, um, one of those more sort of character artists as yeah. well uh, as as someone that, that with the music, then I, I you know, maybe I could, um, I could pull it off, you know? Yeah. But it's, it's not, not, not for me. It's,
0: it's interesting. I, I hate that
1: analogy, that, 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 thing, by the way, pull it, pull it off that it's, saying, I should never say that. It's, <laughs> it's, <all right. laughs> it's interesting. You actually don't talk, pull it off kids. Don't. It's interesting. You're you
0: parachute alone. You talk about that. Um, The whole 23 thing, I literally am in the process of doing a remix at this moment in time. And I, I put the remix in last week and they were like, yeah, we like it. But can you make it more like your remix you did of this? And I'm like, yeah, no, because the original record you gave me isn't like the original record of the remix that you want me to make a record like. Yeah. And it's like it's that happy it's that it's that kind of way and this is when it turns into a business it's like okay they're offering you some money do you say fuck you I've given you a very good remix then like let's not do it or do you go back you know
1: what I do I've turned yeah I've turned a lot of stuff away and I've turned stuff away based on sometimes getting the parts and having a play for an hour and I can just sometimes if I'm not really feeling it but I think there could be an opportunity there or I'm not really sure. I asked for the parts and then, you know, I've got a lot of parts to things that that I've not remixed based yeah. on that, do you know what I mean? And um, sometimes that's the way it's kind of got to go. Other times I get, you know, my managers to go back to them and say, I'm into it, but I kind of need my free reign to, to do what what I want to do. Yeah. And, you know, eight, nine times out of 10, it will be okay, you know what I mean? Um but again you have to respect the fact that they've come to you off the back of it's very hard because I sit here creatively and I want to do something completely different to that but I've also got to stay in business particularly at the moment totally. you know we're in lockdown yeah. lost all my gigs for the year like everyone yeah, has yeah, exactly I've got one gig in the diary for Ibiza which is, which is now obviously not happening, not happening whatsoever. at all yeah no no not happening at all so don't, whatever you see well I'm sure everyone knows now anyway Ibiza is, clubs are shut uh, um, but yeah I you know, I need to, I need to do them. This is, you know, I've got, I've got a little girl, I've got a a house, I've got a wife, I've got a a car, I've got, you know, I'm like, I'm like the next guy, you know, I know people view us in a certain way, sometimes certain type of lifestyle and certain whatever. but you know, the cogs need to turn still. And sometimes you do need to do these major labor remixes
0: and sometimes
1: it's an honor to be asked.
0: Totally, man. Totally. That's the thing. You look back like four or five years ago, the fact that, I'm or we're getting asked we're getting paid to remix people is unbelievable yeah like it would never can you, yeah can you
1: even imagine like yeah, yeah man that's like even I know I've been doing this for a minute now but like back 2000 well b- b- even back to ninety, nineteen ninety 1990 when I really started this when I was at school Like the thought of someone giving me some some money to do this, like, are you crazy? Like, and again, if you look back, I I look. I know, mate the particularly the major major label industry. If you look at Polydor, for instance, Polydor is like a big, very big, uh, uh, major label, and always has been. But if you look back across their catalogue, you know, over the years, I mean, it's just insane. Yeah, Polydor. Do you know what I mean? I remember that Jean-Michel Jarre record I listened to as a kid was on Polydor. So it's just like you know it's pretty much i know Polly's always different now but you know these look like like what I'm saying is is people need to just have a have a perspective and I think from the inside and the outside have a perspective on on this kind of stuff where it's totally doable why not why not do that I've just we've just been talking about dan eats everything and and what he's done years, he he's does stuff for me just at times he, he never, used yeah. be like, oh, never used to but i never used i'd never never really want to go near all of that stuff it's like um, oh he's just released he's one on the major about anything yeah that's what i'm saying hi, hi, So entire, yeah. things things change man people's perceptions of these things change alan fitzpatrick yeah i mean you know look at alan you know he's you know so like so what it's music let people write music let people enjoy music Definitely. um if you're on the inside with your own music or even for us just be aware of those Expectations that do come with these opportunities. Yeah. You know, it's not just a sure. uh, grab the money and run type situation. It's uh you know, I I knew that, I knew that, but you know, especially like going back to when I signed to Polydor, I knew what was going to come. So I was just straight with them in a meeting. I don't know how many people go in and like that. I think they just want to get the best deal and a nice advance. Yeah. Uh, but I just said that that bit to the side for what for for one minute. I don't want to be going down a road that that ain't right for me you know what I mean yeah it's not to totally. work there's no it's, point in doing it you know yeah definitely
0: um, I guess okay so let's let's move on from that and then kind of going into what the kind of mentor well I'm back
1: sorry go 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 for that question again mate. right
0: so we are obviously at this moment in time you have kind of I don't know what you want to call it but you've kind of set up like a mentoring school producer school I don't know what it is can you explain a bit more why and what it is?
1: Yeah, well, I've called it mentoring because everything that's out there, which is a lot of it's very, very good, obviously as well. Yeah, is either very, it's very educate, it's very educational, so it's very lecturer student yeah. type vibe, uh, which is great, you know. And I've been involved in that too. That um, my interest in all this world is because I used to teach. Yeah, so I, I from two thousand to two thousand five taught at an fe college so 16 plus in the uk and um and i loved it and I, and I and i miss it i miss that connection with people and helping people yeah so um so i've always dabbled over the years with doing master classes online you know point blank and future music and and whoever and i love doing that stuff done a lot of panels and and things too and i will continue to do that but the idea of it being met mentoring which is it is more helping people that are. Uh, their music is at a decent quality, yeah. or it's sort of intermediate to advanced kind of level, and they need that that help to get it presentable for labels, um, and also to to start making a plan. Because if you sit there and you can make one track, brilliant, good on you. But like, what's the what's the rest of the plan? Yeah. Because it that's a massive achievement to finish a record that's good enough. It's a massive achievement to turn someone's head to get it picked up. But what's the rest of the plan? Yeah. The label's not going to help you. They're just going to take one off track or a couple of tracks from you and put it out. Um, and also, you're not going to be, it's very likely you're not going to be at the stage where you're going to have a, a manager interested in you because you've put one record out. Let's be yeah. straight. Look at the amount of music that's out there. Anyway, so that's the idea of this. It isn't just sitting down and saying, oh, this is how you EQ your hi-hats. I mean, if you want to, you know, pay for a session and we do that and that's what you want, we'll we'll, we'll do that all day long. But I've actually, out of everyone that's been on, on board doing these sessions, um, it's probably been about 20% technical stuff yeah. and 80% planning, talking about the industry, yeah, uh, all those kind of things. So for me, men- mentoring is a much more appropriate word rather than sort of teacher-student yeah. situation. And there's a lot, again, like I said, there's a lot of that stuff out there. That's very, very good, and I don't want to be one. I don't want to not do that stuff as well. If an opportunity comes with point blank again or something yeah. like that, um, and and two, I just wanted that separation really. So I don't know what I call. I mean, I mean between me and, and and like my missus, I'll say, "Oh, like you know, I've got a client tonight." I don't. So like, <laughs> if anyone comes a books a session, you're a client. You're not a student. <laughs> but yeah, it's weird. But it's just like. I've been thinking of it in thinking of it in more of a professional sense yeah rather than um rather than that educational sense, so that's the reason it's it's kind of hard to put a stamp on it otherwise because I'm not a manager, I don't want to be a manager, yeah, I just want to help people and I want to help them with some of the stuff we talked about today as well um but on a more personal level with their actual ambitions and and what they've got to to work with I think it's so, amazing yeah. man so i think it,
0: it, i I think it's something that is definitely needed um I think as depending on the type of person you are it's in the industry for, I can only speak for myself but I I like to kind of help people and kind of talk through, through people I literally there's a guy called uh yeah there's a guy called Tommy Farrow at this moment in time who's released an amazing record and it's like I've we've been speaking for the last like four or five months and it's nice for like here, just like hit me up and be like, what, what happens in this situation and what happens in this situation or this has happened to me or what do you think about this? And I think it's so nice to be able to give back, but also there's nothing else out there. There's no one else telling you that, you need to do this or yeah. you should do this or don't do this. Don't rush into getting a management. Don't rush into that. Don't, like, or even
1: don't just do this yet. Yeah. 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 Yeah.
0: It's, it's really, it's really, yeah, yeah. Totally. really interesting.
1: hundred percent, man. And I, and I, and I think, I think what people don't always realize is that we've all been there as well. It's yeah. those early days. You might have all the technical skills in the world and, and make the, the, the next hit on, you might have that on your hands, but actually, like we've just been talking about, you don't always have all those things in place. You shouldn't you shouldn't have all those other things in place. No. But if somebody can help you, this isn't about sitting here and saying, Oh, don't sign to that label because that's not the that's not the best look for you. It's not it's not about all that stuff that no. you you kind of hear a lot. It's about literally being real about where where you're actually at. Do you know what some people aren't ready? I've had some people come on um that think that they're that they're that you know they made a record and they're ready to go you know and it's just like well hang on a minute you know let's talk about like i said earlier the, the bigger plan the bigger picture here let's have let's have some uh some goals as in achievable goals because yeah. it'll only feel shit if you don't you know it's yeah. like anything in life you know um so it's just about helping people manage that stuff a little bit because um but not in the sense of a manager because a manager is out there taking a percentage yeah. and it's all about, you know, it's a different type of working relationship with with, with, with a manager. Um, so is that, but I actually, um, so the, the the bigger story with me setting this up is that, um, like I, I kind of mentioned earlier, is that I've had sort of trouble with anxiety over the years and I can't, I can't tour hard like I used to yeah. anymore. I find that world, different now to me it's not that I don't want to play I definitely want to play I want to see everyone and I want to play to everyone I want all that stuff but um I just found a few difficulties in my life with that kind of stuff and you know I've been working on it I've been working on it a long time it's a work in progress there's times where I couldn't care less and you'll see me out and about uh everywhere there's other times where it's a bit tricky and I'm a bit like reluctant to do especially the real long haul kind of touring and also i'm 43 now and for me personally i don't want to be heading into into my 50s expecting my agent to film my diary yeah uh, if that's happening brilliant do you know what i mean I'm, I'm all up for that but i didn't want that um again me putting that expectation onto the whole onto the whole thing at that kind of time in my life also i've got a little girl now life's a little bit different and um i don't want to be that person that is constantly away because i remember and again what an amazing position to to have been in, but being away all summer and coming home for like two, three days at a time to yeah. swap and living out of a suitcase in my own house. Like, yeah. <laughs> this is crap. <laughs> I'm not that guy. Like I wish, I wish I was that part of all of this. I'm just, you know, I'm, I'm the nerdy guy in the studio. And unfortunately you can't, you can't, you haven't been able to monetize that in the ways that you used to be able to anymore. No. But anyway, so I always had my eye on this uh, business where, I can help people basically. And that grew last year into an idea a bit more of an idea off the conversation with a good friend of mine. And um I just literally went away after that conversation with him that I wasn't expecting to have. And um and set it all up. I had the name already because I, I had an Instagram account called One for the Nerds, which was just all my studio shit that yeah. sometimes you know, I post it on my main feed and I'm like I'm very aware that 80% of my followers I haven't got a clue what like some of this equipment yeah, is or yeah. does, and they don't really care. <laughs> so like, I thought I'd do one for the nerds as a separate account, which was all all about all the you know, oh, bought these new cables today yeah. and all the shit we love, all the shit we love. So, um, but then that was it for me. It was just natural because a couple of people said, "What is one for the nerds?" Like, it's such a good name, and like. Blah, blah, blah. I was just like, wow, that's obviously the name for it then. Let's yeah. just go for it. So December I advertised it, January I started doing it. And then of course we went into this pandemic. And I'm like, wow, this is like talk about timing. Good, this is great either a good timing. or a bad thing. Yeah. I don't I don't know. So I haven't I haven't really over ham over hammered it with the kind of throwing it at everybody we you know I probably will we probably will now as it is because basically as we went into the pandemic I saw some other friends of mine sort of starting to look at similar ideas And I said to them look why don't we do this together you come onto my platform I've already got everything set up I'm paying for the all the background stuff the website and all the scheduling um software and like why don't we just why don't yeah. you just come and do it we can see how it goes and see where we're at in six months time and then and then and then review the whole thing you know and also you know they can dip in and out of it yeah. so obviously we've got like spy carlos who's like you know he's probably number two to andy c in the drum and bass world unbelievable and producer. he's yeah he he's a he's a, an immense uh producer and um you know, he's a bit of a tour monster as well. He'll just go and whatever. But I said to him, if there's times where you want to dip in for two, three months, you, you just set your own schedule. Yeah. And then you say, well, I'm off on tour. Hopefully we'll all be back off on tour. But anyway, in 2021, when he's bit nice and busy again, he can just say, well, you know, from May to September, I'm I'm out of the game, but I'll be yeah. back with some sessions in whenever you control it how you want. So, yeah, so we've got Spy, um, Huxley. Again, Hux is an old man. of mine. Talked with him a lot, a lot, and um, he uh, put a post out saying, you know, he wanted to help people out too. He's always done a bit of that stuff too, uh, and people love his music. Do you yeah. know what I mean, and it's 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 in a similar world to me, but he's done a lot of very different stuff and connected with different people uh, to what I have. So it's it's a nice um, it's a nice kind of contrast to have. And then obviously Dave Robertson, who's Reset Robot, yeah. who is uh you know an immense producer himself and worked with countless people behind the scenes too he's 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 brilliant uh and totally undervalues his himself he, you know which is a nightmare because I'm like he's like oh no one will want to book sessions with me and I'm like oh come on mate give it a give it a rest <laughs> if, people so knew, yeah, he,
0: if people knew if people knew what he does um it would be don't tell him I'm not gonna tell don't him I wouldn't tell him, him. Would never tell t- him but let's just them. say
1: he Yeah, he he he's a bit of a he's a bit of a creative uh, force, shall we say, and uh, really knows his shit. And then and then so we were kind of set up and then we did a a live Q&A thing and um, it became very aware to me that um, that there's probably some more opportunity here to bring some other people on board as well so and uh cinty someone or cinty there's no h the h is silent apparently so since cinty is uh obviously a bit of a force of nature herself yeah very inspiring woman as far as what she does um with her record shop her labels and her music she's really really inspiring person uh for everybody and um you know so i just thought i'm just gonna throw it out there to her and see what she says because we're obviously all on lockdown we don't know what's gonna happen um, blah 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 so yeah she was straight away was like yeah I'm in That's I'm dope. all over this because she's as nerdy as you and I and yeah. uh with the studio stuff and um yeah so man what what a team it's a bit like the Avengers <laughs> like <laughs> sort of coming together to, to help people out you know and um but it is it is a professional thing it's a bit like if you look at it like I mean I've had help with like I was saying with my anxiety and stuff that I've suffered with over the years on and off and um you know if you book a session with someone who's going to help you, it's a professional thing. It's a service, yeah. you know, at the end of the day. So as much as I think I'd love to do this all for free, we all, you know, it needs to of be, um, it needs to be a business really for it to really thrive and to give people the best. And the more successful it is, the more accessible we can be for, for people as it, as it grows. No, I, I
0: I think, do you, honestly, I think it's a great idea. And I think it's something that actually you can't learn at, when you go to university you can't learn no you can't learn this anyway apart from making mistakes yourself and learning it as you go along which you and i have definitely learned and gone through mistakes
1: and even if that's what it is passing on some mistakes to people you know that that is like you know and again that see i'm one of these people i don't always value myself saying but i know that i have sort of fans and followers that would love that would love that sort of connection if they made music and stuff and that, but now it's there. It's like when I was, I was 16, I met Liam Howlett from the, from the prodigy at prodigy show Amazing. and, uh, and I ended up just hanging out side of the stage all night and chatting and chatting music. And like, my God, it was like, it all became real to me on that day through meeting one of my heroes yeah. and, and realizing he's just a very normal bloke yeah, yeah, and he had some great advice and he wanted to stay in touch and we stayed in touch for a little while, you know, and, it was just, it really set the spark. Uh, the spark was already there with the music anyway, but having that connection with someone who was do, really doing it. you Yeah. Know, um, and, you know, was, was just incredible. So I'm hoping that that that's, that's what really helps people is, is if I, if I'm allowed to, to big myself up. Yeah. <laughs> that way, is that they can have a, if they like what I do and they make music and they want that connection with me where I can help them one-to-one like this then that's what I want to do and I want them to go in, and, and be great too do you know what I mean well, what, what they do yeah
0: because for me th- it's this is one of the reasons why I started the podcast because yeah. everyone like our our followers our fans whatever you want to call them uh, they see us in a club or they listen to our music and they see a very quick like observation of 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 who we are as a personality whether that's on social media whether that's an instagram post whether that's a tweet or whatever no one really get no one really knows who we are if that makes sense and for me with the podcast is that i i just wanted to have like when was the i know we occasionally speak on the phone but when when was the last time that we ever got to sit down together and talk for an hour and a half about anything that we want to talk about. And like, I think this is, this is allows people to be like, oh shit, like they are actually human and they all think like we think. And also, oh, actually I can relate to that. Oh, let me hit that person up. Let me let me ask them another question. And or like, actually, they spoke to this person. Why? Let they should go and speak to this person. Or, and I, I think, yeah, I yeah, think yeah. it's bringing a human touch to our industry. Um, and with what you guys are doing with which them, goes missing, yeah. We, in which I think it's very easy. Like. We have a very privileged life, if you know what I mean. We're extremely lucky mm. with what we mm. do. We're doing something that we love, and we're earning money from it. Um, which, yeah, I it, from from an outsider's point of view, people people can kind of say, "Well, you can't have a hard time doing what you're doing because you absolutely love it. Like it's it's easy all the time for you. It's blah blah blah." But it's not, and and I think people <laughs> forget that. Uh-huh. I think people yeah. forget that, and it's like, God, I'm sure you've had it. Everyone has it. There's a there's a DJ that they're like, "Well, you have the best job in the world. You play in front of thousands of people. What if you, why are you moaning? What, what are you struggling about?" And it's yeah, exactly. But I, and I feel like I can't say that. Yeah,
1: <laughs> it's like I can't. I'm not allowed to have a have a problem with anything here. You exactly. Know I mean?
0: But I think um, I think the that for me, it, you can. And I think this is the thing, especially at this moment in time, it's like, it's, I think this is the, th- the time where you're allowed to talk how you feel. It's okay to talk about your feelings. Mm-hmm. It's okay to talk about what you're struggling with. Um, but I think it just needs to be done in the right way. So, and social media isn't well, it's the right way. having
1: the right, no, it's right. It's about having the right forum for this stuff. Yeah. It's like, it's like you know let's 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 be honest right so let's say 80% of my followers probably love a couple of tunes that i've done over yeah. the years or maybe hopefully more hopefully a lot more than that or they've caught me DJing or they listen to the radio show brilliant but they're not you know a lot of people that also come and see you play um they want to buy a ticket and have a great night out yeah. with their friends totally and jump around to great music if they know you or if they don't know you um, and then they might follow you on your social media and all this kind of stuff. They don't necessarily. It's not that they don't give a shit, but it's just like it's, they don't necessarily need to be have this personal side of this totally thrown yeah. at them as well. Everyone's got their their problems. Everything's relative. You know what I yep. mean? And as well, and I think it's very important not to lose sight of that. But I think now what's happening in in your podcast is part part of this too. Is that it? And there's a lot of stuff out there now as well because it's a lot less sort of taboo the last few years. All this kind of stuff is that um, that you have the right platform for it. If people want to dip into that, yeah, it's there. Do you know what I mean? Don't yeah, throw yeah. It at people. Don't don't have it all in their faces because ultimately they love music and they want to come around and jump around, and be silly to what, what you're playing, and and that's it. Um, this isn't an area of it that they want to in, indulge in but i think where this is interesting is for anyone that is having their own sort of struggles whether they're musical or not is is that it's just very a very human thing no matter who you are no matter what you're doing um i think a lot of people are, i mean the generation above me so my dad you know for instance it's a much you know very different prospect being able to communicate yeah. any of those feelings for that generation. So we're, we're very lucky that we're in this crossover of it. And I hope moving forward so that young people, younger than us, I'm still young, um, <laughs> <laughs> uh, can can at least have the right forums and the right places to go to, to be able to at least understand, uh, if not be able to action some stuff to help them out. Do you know there what I mean? mean? Understand from people um to because you know what as well i don't think anyone can ever say that they're that they're fixed from this stuff it's just having having tools and having knowledge uh and understanding why you or a friend or someone you know might be going through something yeah um no matter where they're at what they do it doesn't matter you know what i mean what kind of profile they have if they're in music or whatever it's um you know, it will just will just uh, very human as well. And totally. I think even the people that you look at, and you are like, oh my God, like I don't know Richie Horton at all. Yeah. I just know someone he gets someone to open the promos for him. That's all I know. <laughs> and um, I, I, but I, but I should imagine, <laughs> but I should imagine, I should imagine that uh, he's super lovely guy. I know through his social media, I can see he he feels his privileged position that he's in. Uh, some of the things he's into away from music are really interesting too. Yeah. I don't think he's someone that, that lives for, for, for throwing his privilege in people's faces either. Like you see with, with others. Um, but I should imagine that as much as he's in this position and got this profile that he's just a very normal, normal guy actually. And probably, probably, I don't know, speculating has his ups and downs too. We're just like people, aren't we? You know yeah. what I mean? But I think some Sorry, that... are very good at giving the the impression that that everything's
0: just like, oh, he, oh
1: it's amazing. Sorry, like, Come yeah, on. that no. made me laugh. I,
0: the, <laughs> I, I think <laughs> last last year, last summer, if I saw another DJ post a fucking private jet photo, I was literally gonna yeah. throw my phone. Mate, out you'd the never wall. get.
1: I've never been on one because I I, I just hate, I don't really like normal planes (laughs) (laughs) yet. So I couldn't care less. When I see that,
0: I'm like, oh man, look at that plane. I'm
1: not getting on there. (laughs) I couldn't care. We stood in front of it, mate, honestly.
0: Yeah. It's like, I don't know. (laughs) It just made me laugh. Like last summer, that was, it was the private jet year on social media. Um,
1: Cool, man. You know what? A lot of those guys, a lot of those a lot of those guys, just, just lastly, sorry, sorry, interrupting. A lot of those guys are just playing the social media
0: game. Because of course they are. It's business. Like, it goes back to that they're business They're playing game. the
1: social media game. A lot, a lot of them, there's a lot of people that do that all the time and don't post a picture. And there's a lot of them that have done that for years and have never posted pictures. But there's a culture of doing, of, of, of making yourself look, you know, a certain way to keep, keep up with the joneses at the end of the day uh, i do it to a
0: certain extent i don't know i i do it to a certain extent with my social media i i have a presence on social media in certain situations that is there to promote me as an artist um yeah yeah i i'm not one to promote financial gain stuff like i'm i'm not a huge fan of of the of the whole I'm on a private jet, and you're not i I really don't like that um but I understand yeah, why they're yeah. doing that um but i'm I'm the first one to throw up a photo of me playing in front of thousands of people It's a fucking great look it's a great look love i love it, if you know what i mean and I'm the first to yeah, to yeah. admit that
1: yeah are oh, completely um yeah, same, and same, at the end same, of the day same. it goes, it Wait, goes but that comes from the music though
0: yeah it but it, it also goes back to what you were saying that it is a business and yeah you sometimes have to give yourself a perception of you have to portray a perception of who you are um
1: yeah yeah.
0: let's 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 use Salade to start with they they did it from the day one they you just knew that Mm -hmm. the minute you go to a Salade party you're gonna have a party because they love to party if you know what i mean yeah it's it's just and
1: that's well, what... it's just fun pure fun and they look they look fun even if you never heard of them yeah. before if you look up salado they just look fun and it's just like i hope i don't look too unfun <laughs> i'm just i'm just my, my focus is much more on the, on the music area yeah. and i know them two boys and the, their focus and is on their music too yeah. but um but their visual perception is it's it's I want to call it clever. I don't even think it's that they've sat there and thought, thought about will clever it. here. I just think it's how it's rolled out for them, and 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 they've done it so well. Um, it's characters. And, um, it goes yeah, back to I'm, that I'm, eats everything thing. Goes back to Seth Troxler.
0: Yeah. Like th- these people yeah. are very talented, but they're also characters. Like I, like I, yeah, I yeah. wouldn't say I'm as much. I'm nowhere near as a character as Seth Troxler is or eats or, yeah, yeah. or even Salado. Like yeah. I'm going to have fun. I'll turn up to the club Same and I'll, that. I'll play a wicked set and I'll do what I did do, but
1: and we'll have a good time. Yeah.
0: But I'm I'm, yeah. I'm, I'm sorry. I'm not that type of person. And I would never want to try to be that person. Cause it would be so unnatural. Yeah.
1: I think because it's like people know and promoters know too, and fair play, cause they're also in business. It isn't just, oh, yeah. let's put on a, a rave and hope people turn up. It's a business. And, um, you know, they want they want to book those acts because the circus comes to town with them. Do you know what I mean? It's totally. just like that's part of the, great. the the experience and um and why not? But yeah, there is there is that other side to it which is just like really, come on. Yeah. <laughs> but I think we're gonna <laughs> see a lot less of that. We're obviously seeing a lot less of that right now because there's not really any of that going on at all. So I think um, all, all I'm posting now is see after all, this.
0: all I'm posting now is pictures of me and the cows on my walks and that's about it. That's all people are getting nothing else mate. there's
1: a lot of that stuff going on (laughs) there's a lot of people disappeared as well which is good because they're gonna be recharging and 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 you know looking at things maybe differently whether they needed to or not you know it's always a good thing and um you know who who knows mate but i'm 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 very much still in the game you're very much still in the game and um you know we'll see what the, how, what the game is after totally. this because it's going to be different you know it's going to um, be very
0: different i d- i don't think anyone knows i think in the states at the moment a few i kind of like that weirdly yeah <laughs> I, there's a there's a few things that are open i opening don't like up. not knowing where go on
1: yeah i d- i don't i was just gonna say i don't like not knowing where you know, my income is coming from just on a personal yeah. tip. I don't like that bit so much. But um I do like not quite knowing I find it quite exciting the fact that there's change coming. Totally. But if, if I'm part of it or not. I find that quite exciting.
0: Totally. You know. I and, think um, it's gonna be very interesting to see when clubs start booking people and I think a lot of it's gonna kind of change on the deals and how more well live nation came up yeah. with it. live nation came out with a statement the other day that they're like putting a lot of the responsibility on artists now and they're dropping mm. they're dropping the fees and there's not going to be there's going to be more responsibility for the artists to actually sell tickets beforehand and i think there's going to be a lot of situations mm. where there's going to be like door splits with promoters yeah. and artists rather than up front fees and things like that which i think is healthy Fee, yeah i think i think it's that's when you yeah, really work sh- out your true value
1: B- yeah a bit of a shared responsibility yeah man and i think that also spills over into um the recording side as well i think there's also got to be a, bit, a bit of a change too but i think the way that recordings are um are uh Listen to and whatever through Spotify, that whole model has to change first. Yeah. I think if Spotify can change and and look after artists a little bit more, then I think that the that the labels will change and and I think royalties can be, uh, you know, performance based fees yeah. uh, can be more fair uh, for remixes and <sighs> See, stuff. I think at the moment it's so reliant on playlists, and if you don't, you know, I can put out a record on a massive label and it will do nothing yeah because if you don't get on a few playlists because of because there's so many thousand tunes that week um it's understandable that it doesn't happen but then i can release something on my own label that i'm like uh, whatever it's like a b-side of a whatever you know it's not really a main and then that'll get on a big playlist and all of a sudden it's just like it's just like, my God like this is there's no consistency no, there to isn't. anything at all
0: and um, and I think that's where at and, this moment in time where you're seeing a lot of house techno whatever electronic artists move mm. into majors because the majors have the pool at these at these big yeah. platforms and I, th- I but I think. Well, they do and they
1: don't, man. I've experienced both with majors, yeah. like re- even recently in the last year. And um, yeah, it's it's just a real unknown. It's a real unknown thing.
0: I think the thing that we I can't
1: sh- rely on what we're used to.
0: Yeah, I think that, that, that with I don't know if you do you do you listen to Joe Rogan as a podcast? I don't. I have done, but okay. not, I'm not. On so regular, he's just yeah. he's just obviously just signed a deal to Spotify for a hundred million, which is like a licensing deal. Yeah. Spotify doing that is kind of ballsy because now they've shown that they actually have money, and I think now is going to be a very interesting time on what, how that, it kind of turns into financial gain for art for all artists because there's obviously there's there's companies out there that look after very big artists and they go to Spotify and are like, well, if you want this person's music, you have to pay more per stream, if you know what I mean. Um, yeah, but yeah. then where does that leave the smaller guys? If that makes like us, like <sighs> Apple music is amazing where they pay, they pay yeah. pretty much double to what Spotify do. Um, yeah. And although there isn't as, as many, People listening on Apple Music, you're still earning money from that. I just, don't, mm. I, I just, there's some, there's some, somebody making a lot of fucking money. And, yeah, yeah. From a, from a, it, but it's not, it's not us, <laughs> but it's, it, which is fine. Yeah. It's, it's fine. It's something that, yeah, like, I've never, I've, in all of my career, I've never, I've never, thought oh this record is going to make me money it's this record is my business card to then get me booked but i think there has to be a way like i've i've been lucky enough to do commercial like work on a couple of commercial projects especially one that did insanely well um Mm -hmm. and i i think i earned more from that one record than i've done all of my club records or house records put together. yeah, but it's also like, well, why isn't there an income in our music? Our 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 whole career is purely based on music. So why can't why why isn't that? It's, it's, yeah, it's weird. And I don't know. I don't know yeah. I, if I had a magic wand, I don't know what I would do. Yeah, no,
1: I get it. I get it. Well, I, all I know is is that um. There'll be some cogs turning in the background that we don't know about Totally. Yet. And hopefully, even if it's not us artists in the future, we'll be able to totally um, benefit differently um, or benefit more, I should say, than, than than we have. But then I can't sit here saying uh, I haven't benefited from what I do. I have massively, but we I just think now. Yeah, 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 exactly. But, you know, it's highlighted this situation, this pandemic has highlighted a lot of things. Um, I mean, that was always there—the Spotify thing, anyway. But um, you know, particularly now, it's—it's—you uh, it, know—it's—it's it's got a magnifying glass on it even more. But the last thing I'll say on that is, as well, and I say this to people all the time, is like, no one knows you anything, man. Even if not you've nothing. got, even if you've got a bit of a profile already,
0: yeah.
1: Spotify don't owe you a playlist. No, spot, do you know what I mean? No, no one knows, No one owes you, owes you that. Just Spotify. <laughs> no. You know, Spotify, the, the the whole the whole blueprint for how that's working, it could be different. It could always be better for, for artists. It should be more fair, um, but they don't. They still don't owe you a playlist spot. No, 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 no I I it, I totally agree. I don't it's think it's one of those things that's. <laughs> I
0: don't think anyone owes you anything in life. I think it, it there's no there's, there's nothing. You're not. You're not so good that you should get this and I also don't think necessarily everything should be treated equally there's reasons why people work harder and people work harder generally become a lot more successful Um, however I think in and I'm not just using Spotify for an example I'm just talking about generally the music that's on streaming services I think there is a respect to the culture that Sometimes is lost because yeah, the yeah. people that are doing that are kind of in it that are working in these corporate companies actually have never been to a shadow child show or they 've never been to a drum pie. they 've never been to a hundred and fifty cap dirty sweaty rave, which is the whole reason why we do yeah. this, why this has started, and I think that's when. Yeah. It the, it's it's not for me it's not about why haven't you put my record on the playlist but why aren't you putting this artist that has over the years has constantly written music for the culture why and it goes back mm. to that what yeah. it kind of goes back it ran in circles with what you we were talking at the beginning with Marl Grab with Seinfeld and things like that that you you went to a record shop to and you found these artists, if you know what I mean. I think there is a responsibility that these streaming services have th- to promote the culture to people that don't know about the culture.
1: Yeah. Yeah, yeah, I'd, I'd, I'd agree with that. I'd agree with that. Yeah, it's int- it's interesting, man. I think last thing I will say on this, and this, this is a fact, is that somebody who is a big decision maker at spotify uh used to book me for parties yeah as shadow child in london and um uh i've i've never bothered that person for
0: anything any yeah
1: coverage i'd feel extremely uncomfortable doing that there are times where i know um you know i've been on quite a few playlists or remixes or stuff from the label in particular, even if it's not a recording of mine, you know, and it's so much more gratifying when it actually happens. Yeah, <laughs> it I mean, I want to sit here now and say, yeah, pick me, pick me. Yeah, yeah. But actually um, I could have done that. You know, I know, that, I know, I know that person, you know, yeah. uh, I don't know. I, I could go to them, and but it probably would be a little bit, uh, I would feel a little bit distasteful to me. And um, I don't think that person would be feel like, That was pretty cool, either. So, (laughs) uh, but there, but I know that person. That they are somebody who has been a promoter and DJ and does understand. So, at Spotify, you do have influential people that are uh, very influential with with those um, editorial playlists that do are very much. And have been very engrossed and contributed to our part of the music industry like yeah. massively, and, and, and do get it. I purely think it's the sheer weight of of music. How many tracks? Yeah, totally. And how and, many, and many things? So, and and who? And uh, where do I start? Yeah, exactly. I, start I feel sorry these for five thousand tracks.
0: <laughs> well, I, and I think like, that's the thing is, is for me, it's not. I'm. I. It's for me. Like, I want it better. I don't care about me in this situation I just want it better for for people trying to get through um, and I think this is the situation yeah, yeah, yeah. in corpor- in huge corporations when you have two or th- you don't have a team of people like a big team of people doing one thing you have one or two people it's physically impossible yeah, yeah, yeah. for one it's, it's for, for yeah. one or two person people to to be listening it's like it's it's ungodly, yeah. and also they're not just listening. They're not that's not their their sole job. They're they're doing no. artist artist liaison. They're doing artist relations. They're speaking to managers. They're speaking to press people. They're spe- they're doing everything. And you're just like I feel sorry for them because it's it's not like going to your local yeah, record yeah. store where you're, where the owner of the record store no. has, has hand picked these records. It's it's not like that. It's just so much yeah, out yeah. there.
1: Yeah, yeah.
0: It's interesting.
1: Well, it is what it, it is. What it is, man. And I, I, and I just um you know there are obviously people in in suits making bigger decisions that are not. Uh, I've never been to a rave. Totally, yeah, <laughs> never yeah. been to see us. They probably don't even know who who we clue, are, and that's yeah. totally fine. Yeah. But um you know there are the others that are there for a reason, and they've been handpicked because of their musical. Tastes, um, and tastes and experiences and integrity and the whole thing and uh you know and and big up to them but um i'm not going to be emailing anyone myself definitely not <laughs> <laughs> it's been very tempting at definitely times not. but i'll be honest it has been because not out of desperation but just like i know this person like why yeah. wouldn't i do that and i'm like come on this ain't this ain't this ain't really cool do you know what yeah I mean? yeah it's really cool cool and man again that fit that feeling of yeah. it happening
0: anyway is, is brilliant. But again, yeah, there so we go. Right, let's, uh, let's, let's wrap this one up a little bit. Um, coming Is forward, this one
1: or two? You're going to cut this one in two, right? Yeah, this,
0: this is, this is all <laughs> one. This is all one baby. Is it? Yeah. Wow. Yeah. I, I can't, okay. I, I think people should just get the whole conversation so they don't have to like, I, yeah, I much prefer yeah, just yeah, like yeah, straight true. through. Um, I'll cut the, uh, bit where I yeah. took a leak and you blew your nose though. Um, yeah. What's, what's coming I up? say what with what's coming up with <laughs> uh, with with Shadow Child at this moment in time. What what you got coming out recent, next or planned? It
1: it's the all about my Apollo project, which is me leaning back onto that kind of early nineties pre trance vibe. All the music that came from Belgium, Germany, Holland that era. It wasn't trance as you think of it now. Um, it was a kind of a different entity really so a melodic techno almost yeah um and i've been loving putting those tracks together um some people might say that it's not really a shadow child sounding thing but good like i wanted to make a statement and you know i'm also putting out remixes and doing stuff i'm doing these shadow child classic remixes that are a bit more along the lines of what people used to love yeah uh back then because you do have to give fans kind of a bit of what they want as well i do yeah. i do believe that so you know, as much as I'm doing this project, which is half self indulgent, half just going somewhere new, I am still kind of, you know, giving people a little bit what they want to. Um, and obviously the the there's a new label called Takeout, yeah, which is a sister label to Food Music, which is a little bit a little bit more of an edgier sound. Um, food Music is is brilliant. Oh, I love it, and I'm still going to do it. And I've got a good team people that that help us out running the label as well. And it's a great thing, but it's become a project through music that has slightly more accessible music on it as, as opposed to real cool. underground music. So take out is a much more underground thing. Um, and obviously the one for the nerds, which is uh, anyone out there who um, is interested in making music and uh, maybe is in a position where their music might be ready or nearly ready or, you know, try, can't quite get something across the line, uh, and wants to make a bit of a plan for what they're doing. That's kind of why I'm there. And that's me, Cynthia, um Spy, Reset Robot Huxley at the moment anyway. And then we'll see see how that grows by the end of the year. Nice, um, man. And still doing rinse, man. Love doing rinse every couple of weeks. Yeah. Uh, Good old show. I'll do that. I'll do that until I leave this mortal coil, mate. I love doing <laughs> that uh, whilst they'll have me. Yeah. But yeah. Amazing. Yeah. And what about you, mate? Let's ask you, what's Will what's <sighs> doing? Just writing Other than music. a great
0: podcast. Yeah, writing music and recording podcasts at the moment. Um, yeah, just kind of seeing how this pans out, really. Yeah. Just seeing yeah, how yeah, it all yeah. pans out. But yeah, like I'm, I'm actually really enjoying it, man. I'm really enjoying this kind of lockdown.
1: Yeah.
0: It's just about.
1: Me too. And there's a lot of change in the world. That's That's, you know, we have to, we can't. You know, not highlight that. I think it's a a a time to um, it's a time to kind of put a different mindset. You know, wherever you stand on this stuff, I know where I stand. I know you. I know you stand in the same place, uh, like many others. But um, you know, there's a lot, lot of lot of responsibility still with um, all sorts of things out there. And uh, you know, I'm not losing sight of that too. I'm 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 not glad that the world's still like that, but I'm glad that it's happened at a time where we're on lockdown and we can reflect and really adjust some stuff in life for
0: the totally. greater good really so I think yeah. I think I think life's about growing and changing um and some people do that slower and faster than others and I think now is the time that mm-hmm. majority of people can all kind of be at like yeah we're all in this together now we can all we can all yeah. do something we can all make a change somehow in your own little way in your own circle in your own life you, you we can all do something we can whether that's just talking to yeah. you, your grandma or your mum or your dad or your brother your sister your mates or whether that's you making music that's going to change the world whether that's you uh talking about your thoughts and feelings on social media on a podcast, whatever that is it, it, everyone yeah, is going to yeah. do their own and have their own little way to kind of make a change and And make sure that generations below learn from everyone's mistakes. um, Yeah. For sure.
1: Massively. Yeah. Yeah, yeah.
0: Dude. Absolutely, mate. Yeah. Amazing way to end. Thank you so much for coming on, mate. Yes. It's been amazing. Thank Um, you. Keep in touch. Thank you, man. Thanks for
1: asking and um, no worries, of course. Yeah. And you're going to come to my house and cook one day. Okay. Yeah. 100%.
0: (laughs) Big love, mate. Thank you very much. (laughs) (laughs) And you. Cheers, dude. Take care, mate. So that is a wrap on this week's episode. Big ups to everybody that's listened. I hope you all enjoyed it as much as I did. If you did, I would absolutely love you to hit the review or whatever. Just share it with your mates and tell everyone about it. If you do like it. Um, Yeah, thank you so much. It means the world that you are all listening to this. Keep safe, and I'll see you next time.
1: Every day, we rise, challenging ourselves to work for what we believe in. At U.S. Border Patrol, protecting our borders is more than a job. It's a calling. Agents answer the call, working together to keep our country and community safe. If you're ready for a new mission, join U.S. Border Patrol and go beyond. Learn more at cbp.gov careers.